Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are back with another episode of the Bash Mania podcast. Today kind of hits the relevance trifecta for competitions coming up as we have someone who will be at Big Ten's and NCAAs, and it's not only an Olympic hopeful, but he's actually made the Puerto Rico Olympic team. So we're going to dive into what led to the decision to wrestle for Puerto Rico at the Olympics. We're going to dive into Big Tens, NCAAs, Jersey Wrestling, Frankie Edgar, MMA. We're going to dive into it all. Before we get started, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, be sure to subscribe or follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you listen. If you subscribe on Apple or if you listen on Apple, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review for the show. If you want to support the show even further, there is merchandise, hats, stickers, magnets, t-shirts, you name it, available at shop.bashmania.com. With that said, let's roll the intro and get Sebastian on the show. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Yeah. How you doing, Seabass? Good, brother. Actually, Good is it, is it Luminar? Lupinar? What was it that you posted a few Lubina. weeks ago? Lubina. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's yeah. the one. Now that I think about it, it's actually your Twitter name, too. I want to get into that in a little bit. But as we were just talking, I was talking to my good friend Don this morning. And we were talking about your youth and high school career. And through everybody that I know and have had on the show from Jersey, whether it's Ashnall or McKenna, all these Jersey guys... In knowing Jersey, too, from Don and, and from being involved in Scrap Life, that is a tough state. And it's a blessing and a curse. And I'm curious on your perspective because I know your dad was a Division Three NCAA champ. He's yep. a, He was a great wrestler, great coach. And you, you've kind of been just instilled in wrestling since you were young. What was it first and foremost that got you started in wrestling? Was it that your dad was a wrestler and you kind of wanted to follow in those footsteps? Uh, I tell this story actually a lot. So my dad was the coach at uh, Tom's River Wrestling Club. Down where we live now, but uh, this is early in his career. Like elite wrestling was just new, his club. So yep. he started with like Frankie and all them, and he was like, "Man, I'm going to practice, so you can come with me, or you can sit at home with mom." And obviously, I want to be with my dad. Or, <laughs> right. And exactly. So I've been running on the mat since I was a little kid. I still have uh, singlets of food all over it. Just I had a singlet on running around, just being being a maniac. So <laughs> that's how it kind of started. And did you get good right away? Like you, you know, you've been really close with guys like Frankie Edgar. Your dad was really good, so you've had these mentors to look up to. Was it just right away? It was natural to you because of how much good talent in not only wrestling but in coaching around you. Um, I don't know if it was natural, but I mean, yeah, I had a good uh, youth career, right? Uh, like the Jersey Shore League, we have. I was. I don't want to brag here, but I was eighty-two and zero. Like I wasn't bad. <laughs> Dude, but, Don um, says the yeah. short conference is one of the toughest components of Jersey wrestling. 
Yeah, definitely, man. Especially when I was growing up, like watching the guys like Vinny Delafob, that the short conference was unbelievable, man. I, I grew up watching some of the best wrestlers, Scotty Winston. And uh, yeah, that's definitely a blessing. And they were all mentors to me because they were all my dad's club. So yeah, I mean, it, it was t- short conferences, super tough. Region six back in the day was the, the place to be. And now they kind of split it up and it's kind of weaker. You can bring four guys from each region, but it's still Jersey wrestling, still a, 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 a havoc, you know? And I feel like a lot of guys, too, they have the good coaches and good mentors, but they don't end up as good as you. What do you think was it that contributed to being so good, even early on, whether it's your youth career, your high school career? Like, you obviously caught on. What do you think you contribute that to the most? Um, me and Ashton are actually talking about this today. Like, yeah, like there's good wrestlers and stuff in Jersey, but they just don't. They don't want it. I, I don't know if it's they don't want it anymore or as much as we did. Like, I wanted to be the best. Like, I still do I, to this day. Like, and there's just not much that I, that's going to stop me. There isn't anything that's going to stop me. And we, that's what we strive for. We want to be the best. And you kind of see in guys that they, they quit as soon as you make it hard on them, right? They want the yeah. easy way out. That's what we talked about. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys that just want the easy way out. When it, it wasn't like that, man, when I was growing up, there was no easy way out. And for so a lot of guys... Yeah, and she's like for a lot of guys, they they not only I feel like there's there's a lot of guys that want it bad and and they want to be good, they want the accolades, but then they don't yeah. put in the extra work or they don't rebound well from a loss. Like Don was telling me about your loss in at Jersey State. I want to say it was your junior year. I think he said you were upset in the semis. Um, yeah. What, so when you have like that kind of loss. What is it like for you to rebound? Because you obviously rebound so well. You rebound the next year. You beat Pat Glory in the state finals. You're a Jersey State champion. How do you rebound? Is it just the hunger, or what do you think it is for you? Yeah, man, it's just it's the not in, not wanting to lose, man. It sucks losing, right? I mean, everybody knows that. Like even in nationals last year, it sucks to lose because people like to talk, and it's just a lot of. A lot of background noise when you lose people love to hate on you yeah um and that's just you don't want to hear that so that's what motivates me man that's why i wake up at seven o'clock go get an extra run and stuff like that i mean i just don't want to have to hear it i want to be the best for myself and i just i like to prove the haters wrong kind of you know and is it a quick rebound for you what's that process like whether you're talking about ncaa's or jersey states you always seem to rebound well. Is that like a quick process or what's that process like? You kind of wrestle different. I mean, you kind of, when you lose, you're like, man, I already lost once. Let's, let's put it all on a line. I mean, it's me versus him again, a different guy, whatever, but it's just me versus another guy. I'm going to put it on the line for real now. Like there's nothing to lose. I already lost, you know, that's kind of what my mentality is. But is there a time where like, I know for me in the business world, if I have a loss or defeat of any kind, it takes me a couple days to kind of get my head back on. Like, I don't want to say I sulk, but for a couple days, I'm like, man, I got to process this. Is that what it's yeah, no, like I, with, with you for wrestling or what is it like? I'm like a day guy. The next day, I'm like, it's like a new new memory. I don't know. I kind of, I can't hold grudges kind of in the same way that I really don't hold on to a loss. I'm pissed for like 20 minutes and then I'm like, whatever, man, it happened. There's nothing I can do now, so get back to it. I think that's a good trait because I, I, you know, I hear that as a common theme from guys that come on this show. Like, if you're moving on and getting over it, you're able to let go and, and wrestle better. And if you're not, you're just going to yeah. dwell on it. And you're not going to focus. Definitely, you kind of just let your body go and just start wrestling. 
the right way. You could, if you wrestled like that this, in the the front end, maybe you would have won. You know, right? And I think too, like you know, I know a lot of guys who come on here talk about expectations, and they have such high expectations for themselves. And then if you know whether it's yeah. unrealistic or not, it's like okay, I want to be a four time NCAA champ, or even whatever the goals are. You know, sometimes you have to just let go of those and move on to the next one. Have you? set a kind of a pattern of managing expectations for yourself? What has that been like to not get discouraged by loss and also kind of in humility? Like, I, I don't care if it's when you're young, you're 82 and 0, or if it's being a Big Ten champion. Like, you've had insane accolades, so you obviously balance that humility and defeat well. Is that something you had to work on, or did that develop kind of naturally? Um, I mean... Yeah, you kind of have to work on it. I mean, you obviously when you're winning, you you feel like you're on top of the world. But then as soon as you hit that one loss, like I said, people like to talk and uh, you just get down on yourself. Especially like I get down on myself for like that that 20 minutes. I'm like, man, did I do everything right there? Because I did this, and you kind of start regretting things you did in the right. match. But you kind of have to just let that go. Like it's it's over and done with. There's nothing you could do now. Just process it, learn from your mistakes, like everybody says, and keep going. So then you, you know, to kind of keep going chronologically, because we could talk about Jersey just for an hour, but we'll have to get Don involved for that episode. But, you know, <laughs> you end up going to Northwestern then. What what leads you to that decision? What was the process like going to that conclusion? Okay. Um, yeah. I uh, Growing up, I always wanted to go to a smart school, whether it be Princeton, uh, Stanford, Harvard. Those are like schools that I looked, I looked at. I looked at like not talking to the coaches, but just where I wanted to be academically. Sure. Right. So I wanted to be an athlete, I mean, an athlete second, student first. So I, I kind of just threw them all to a pile. And then I realized, man, Northwestern's per- perfect fit for both of those. You get the academics, you get D1, Big Ten wrestling. And I kind of, yeah, it was just kind of that. I mean, Storni was a good guy. Drew Periona was the coach at the time, but Storni took over. They brought in Brewer, Howe. Now we have Emery Parker, Jack, uh, what am I saying? Jimmy Kennedy. So it's kind of, it worked out great. Kind of took a chance because we didn't have, we only had two coaches when I jumped on board here. And now we have a great coaching staff because Storney did a great job of bringing guys in. So that was kind of this, I wanted to be an academic person first and then a wrestler second. And it's interesting too, because, excuse me, every time I do this podcast, especially more recently, I always try to do a deep dive on whoever comes on. And when I was kind of reading up interviews that you've done and, and watching watching some video, one of the most interesting things I found was that last year you did an internship with VividSeats.com. And I don't know if you're still yeah. doing that, but I know for me, I was a terrible wrestler in high school, but I was writing for a website called ArmDrag.com, which is a Section 5 wrestling website. And that basically got my start in everything for marketing, for websites, for everything I do now. So I'm curious what led you to that and, and what that was like. Uh, so we have to do an internship here. The, the, uh, the major I'm in is learning an organizational change. And one quarter you have to go out, get real world uh, experience. And so we, we know the donor, the, there's a donor for uh uh, Northwestern wrestling. He's a good dude. He's, he's always around, and uh, he kind of just offered me the job. And he was like, "Hey, man, I I can introduce you to some media guys." And uh, he did. And yeah, I connected with the uh, uh, Spivak. So uh, he 
put me in connection with him. He let me kind of write some articles on UFC, some other stuff. And it was really fun. Rivet Seats is a great company right in the middle of Chicago. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We, we got a lot of links and stuff. So that's kind of how it is at Northwestern. You have to go out and get real world experience. They make sure you do that as a learning and organizational change major. And it's really cool. And did you always like writing or what led you to want to do some writing work? Um, I kind of like uh, marketing. So it was kind of a marketing media kind of job. So yep. like, I like going out and talking to people, you know, I, I can talk. I feel like I could talk well. I get, I get along with people. Um, I can relate to people. So that, that put me in a good position to do that. I, I could make some cool charts to show data that we were getting and go out and talk to people, talk to other people in the company. It was, it was a lot of fun. So that's kind of how I stumbled upon, up on that. And is that something you want to do? But, you know, it's still so young in your career, so I never want to ask you, like, what you want to do post-wrestling. But do you have aspirations of doing stuff like marketing and everything that you're working on for your degree right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I worked also with uh, Cote Management in New York City over the summer, two summers ago, and that's a hedge fund, big hedge fund in the city. And uh, I really like the marketing they do there, going out, talking to investors and getting people interested in that's something I could see myself doing. I, I, I was in the finance department during my internship and I really couldn't connect with that all too well. <laughs> sure. But um, I got to, I talked to the marketing guy and really connected with him and I really liked what his job was and what it entailed. So that's something I could see myself doing after school for sure. You need to come do an internship for Bass Solutions, man. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds good, man. So, you know, along with the not only having D1 competition on the wrestling mat, you're having internships at the highest level. That's not enough because then you're also trying to make an Olympic team and you're trying to do it for Puerto Rico. Talk to me a little bit about what went into the process to want to go out for the trials for Puerto Rico and what led to that. Yeah, so we've been in talking to the Puerto Rican guys for so many years now. Uh, they came out to Chicago, talked to me, were very interested in me trying out. And that was my freshman year of college or so my maybe my redshirt freshman year. And it hasn't worked out. We always have a duel around their time that they're trying to do this stuff. So it never worked out. And then finally this year, I was like, man, we're doing this. And I kind of skipped Vegas for it. And the coaches were okay with it this time because it was Olympic year and made sense. So, yeah, we went down there, down to Caguas. Um, Cutting weight actually wasn't terrible because it's hot there. We was losing five pounds of practice, six pounds of practice. Uh, yeah, so I made weight, wrestled two guys, and made the team like that. So it was it was, it was an easy process. It was a lot of fun, and it was something cool because, like, my grandparents live in uh, Puerto Rico for, like, three months out of the year. They have a house. They would live there longer, but the only reason they don't is because they like to watch me wrestle. So <laughs> I guess that's a good reason. That's, uh, yeah, so that's – uh. That's the only reason they're not there longer. But, yeah, that's how the whole thing started. My grandma was born there, and that's why I have uh, eligibility to be there. And when they first came to you, was there the internal kind of conflict of do I want to go for the Olympics for the U.S. or Puerto Rico? Like, it was funny. I I first reached out to you when – I remember DMing you because when Gilman was on the podcast, that's when he said the trees and stuff. And I told you, like, dude, you got to come on. I want to hear the other side. Um, and I'm yeah. curious what that process was like. Like, I, I'd imagine if somebody came to me in the first, you know, with that kind of proposition, my first thought would be, okay, what do, which direction do I want to go? Was that one of your first kind of 
thought processes about that? No way. Really? Wasn't even a question. That's I mean, the coaches here, the coaches here, like how was kind of like, maybe you should wrestle for U.S. And that was like my freshman year, but now he's over, he, he loves to wrestle for Puerto Rico, but uh, all of them do, but they, uh, they, they kind of were like, are you sure you don't want to wrestle for U.S.? It's kind of not like questioning me, but just sure. asking me, you know, like trying to make sure. And it was never a question. I was always going to wrestle for Puerto Rico. And you were going to go out for the world team last year, right? Did that end up happening? I did not go, no. Okay, I was going to say. I wanted to. I remember you doing an interview after Big Tens or maybe NCAAs, and you you were talking about it, but I'm like, I can't remember what ended up happening with that. Yeah, I was going to try to get a rest ball. It didn't work out. So now you're you're officially on the team, right? So you're a 2020 Olympian. What is Not an Olympian yet. I have to qualify the weight now. Ah, oh, that's right. So what, what tournament are you going to do to qualify the weight? Um, we're not sure yet, but most likely Bulgaria, but we'll see. Yeah, that's that one's in what, April? Uh yeah, it's like three weeks after national. Yeah. All right. So, you know, that's such exciting stuff. Let, let's go back to the college scene. You know, we're a week out from the big tens and I feel like everybody is excited about a lot of the weights, but 133 is just insane. I feel like it has the biggest pool of talent any weight has as the top four in a weight. What is your thought process going into that tournament? Man, uh, I'm just excited to wrestle, man. I have not wrestled in two months now, really. And I just can't wait to be on the mat with some competition. Is really what my mindset is. Uh, I, I for these two matches I did wrestle these last couple of weeks here, like just the excitement to be on the mat again was awesome to feel. I, I don't think I felt that in a while. So just to have that excitement and be ready to compete with some good guys and have a national here, and he's probably ten times better than every guy in that 133 weight class, and we're going at it. He, he's taking me down. We're going after each other. You know, it's it's it was just a good feel to have him out here. Uh, Getting me ready for that, but yeah, my mindset is I'm I'm gonna try to beat everybody by ten points. That's that's the mindset, you know. Sure, and I feel like for you guys, you know, I one of the things that a lot of wrestling fans always talk about is is it an advantage when you have guys like I think three out of the four of you were at Midlands. Now the your you top four are all at Big Tens. Then you're gonna be at NCAA's. Do you feel like it's an advantage when you get to wrestle the top guys more and more? Or do, is there is there like a, an element that I guess the opposing argument is save it. The more time you wrestle someone, the more you can narrow the gap and you can close the gap. Whether you win or lose, if you win, you can your opponent could potentially close in the gap. If you lose, you can potentially close the gap and win. Do you think it's an advantage to wrestle so many times? Um, I really think it depends on the wrestler. If, if like, I think that Seth Gross match that first time, that's all I needed to feel. Sure. Right. I should have, I probably should have won that match. I was in the driver's seat and he squeaked it out good for him, but he, I took him down three times and, uh, he had one move that whole match. So I feel really good about that loss, you know? And yeah. In that sense, I feel like I'm gonna maybe maybe I lost, but I, I don't even think I need to close the gap. I think I can widen it in my in that sense. But um, yeah, I I I think 
see that Spencer match, he closed the gap. He figured it out, figured out what I was going to do. He kind of started to figure people out. And that definitely is a thing, figuring people out what they do, what their what their go-to is. And that's when you have to change it up and open up and makes you a better wrestler at the end of the day. Totally. And I think, too, I'm curious when, you know, last year you have both an amazing Big Ten tournament, become a Big Ten champion, which that's the hard thing to do. Like here you got a guy like Chenzo who's won nationals but hasn't won Big Tens. Like Big Ten's a tough tournament, and you go out, you win that, and then you 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 have the loss at NCAA's in the semis. Do you take both that win and the loss with you? Because I know you're the kind of guy who we, we just kind of talked about it. You you move on the next day. Is there a part of you that you move on, but you also hold on to either a win or a loss? Like that's my Big Ten championship. I'm gonna go defend it at another weight now or NCAA's in a couple yeah. weeks. It's like, hey, I didn't get the job done last year. Like, do you hold on to that even though to some degree you've let go? Yeah, I so like that. I don't know about a win. I don't hold on to that win on uh, Big Tens or whatever. It's in the past, right? But sure. that loss, I definitely took some things away from it, and I still hold on to them. Like, I got to learn how to clear a leg, and I did, man. We spent so I spent so much time clearing legs this spring. I mean, this that spring, this fall, and yeah, like you when you're not ready for something, you kind of have to spend some time on it and. Yeah, I think I spent a lot of time on that because I held on to it so much. I was like, I am never getting held down with legs again. <laughs> that that and was... uh, go ahead. You go. What you saying? No, go ahead. No, you're good. I don't. No, I forget now. You go. <laughs> <laughs> All I was gonna say is that that was kind of my next question. Is you know, like you go from NCAA's. I think you were sixth place and third place. Like you continue to jump up, and I'm curious what that is. Is it just honing in on something spe- specific? Like you're obviously a world level wrestler. You're incredibly talented, so you have what it takes. So to continue jumping, jumping levels at a higher level, like in the Big Tens or like the NCAA's, is it just focusing on something specific, or what's that like to be yeah. able to continue making those jumps? Yeah. Um... Me and Sean actually talk about this a lot too. Um, just uh, you don't need to learn a lot of new stuff when you're you're performing at a high level, right? I mean, it's just focusing on the things that you're good at. And even though people might know it's coming, like what well, you might know, I have an ankle pick coming, but can you stop it? Right. And and perfecting that, perfecting your craft—that's what it comes down to. And uh, another thing is this, dude, this like single single leg offense, fin- finishing corner every time like stuff like that just focusing on a few areas that where you're a little deficient right so i I have a couple deficiencies in those areas but we just hammer that that's what i work on i come in every day that's what's on my mind that's what i'm getting better at every time i step on the mat and is that what you've done for the vast part of your career to continue jumping levels like at what point do you say okay i'm I'm an amazing wrestler and and i'm not saying this out of a cockiness or a humble standpoint just it's self-awareness like okay i'm a good wrestler i just need to work on this or that like at what point does that become the the thought process i feel like it's got a transition after that freshman year of college right because you're gonna get beat up that freshman year right but then after that freshman year and you're winning doing the right things i mean you kind of have to realize man everything's working i just need to get better at these areas and that's going to take me to the next level so i would say after after your freshman year of college you kind of start to figure that out if and if you don't got it you kind of have to work on everything you know right yeah and that's why everybody's so different like what everybody on this show both myself and, and people who've come on talk a lot about self-awareness 
and understanding what's right for you and what what's right for you might not be right for somebody else and what's right for somebody else might not be right for you. What has yeah. it, well, actually I don't want to get into to Frankie yet. L- let me ask you this. You graduate in a couple months, right? Do you know what you're doing with the, yeah. with the one year of eligibility you have left yet? Or haven't you really thought about that? Um, I plan to stay at Northwestern. Get it. I mean, I cut four years here. Another one, another one's in the books, ready to go. And then, from a standpoint of where I was kind of going, but I was curious, and I figured that was the case, but I'm sure people listening were wondering that too. Um, now, yeah. I, I know you've been super close with Frankie Edgar and have been around the fight scene. Have you started to think about what you want to do MMA-wise? Yeah. Um, I have so many people telling me not to fight. I would say more so than telling me to fight in my close circle. Um Listen, I, I, I don't I, understand anybody who fights. I get it and I respect it. I just don't want to be punched in the face. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. See, yeah, you got to be a little sick. I agree. <laughs> like, I sparred with some of these guys and they punch me in the face. And I, like, like I'm not going to say I enjoy it, but, like, it fires me up. And I'm like, I'm going to kill you. And it kind of gets me into that mindset. And that's when I was like, man, I think I can do this if that's the kind of thing I'm getting. If I'm getting punched in the face, some people like shy away from me. I'm like, punch me harder because I'm gonna get mad. <laughs> right. You know, you gotta have, kind of have that little psycho in you and that switch. But um, yeah, I would say there's a lot of people telling me not to, more than because man, I, I'm gonna get have a Northwestern degree, I can do a lot better things with a Northwestern degree than go fight. But uh, I think if my body's feeling good and everything's right, I don't see why not. For have, a little bit, at least. Have you given any thought to, like, when you would start doing that? I mean, in the summer, I roll around Frankie. Not a lot, but enough to have a sense. But it would be right after school. Yeah. I, uh, and, yeah, that's what, that's the goal. And, and what has it been like having a guy like Frankie Edgar? I mean, he's an MMA legend, right? What What yeah. has it been like from both having... MMA aspirations, which I'm sure he definitely contributed to, but also having him in your corner from a wrestling standpoint, like what has that been like? He's a great dude. Um, yeah, he's like my big brother. Uh, like when I go home, we, we go to Frankie's house and hang out. Like it's just I've been around Frankie every day, a lot of days of the week, and uh, now it's kind of transitioning to his son. I'm I, I'm like a big brother to him, so it's kind of cool. Little cycle we have going on here but uh yeah man it's just great having him around he's a he's a cold blood killer he's a great partner for me now uh and he's just a great dude good family guy so there's just nothing better to have that guy around and in your circle and i'm sure that's definitely contributed to the mma aspirations right like you have somebody who's yeah, so good kind of in your corner yeah and just going to his fights and just feeling that atmosphere it's like so sick when in that walkout God, it gives you the chills when you're there. Frankie walks out, you hear Biggie come on. Biggie, bump, bump. I mean, this is nothing better, man. It just gives me chills thinking about it. Well, and that's one thing that people that come on the show also talk about. Like, I remember Bryce Meredith just came on, and he was talking about it, and a couple others where it's like, you know, the attention you have in wrestling doesn't hold a candlestick to the, the mainstream attention you get with MMA. And you go from a standpoint, wrestling's such a funny sport because – you go from wrestling a tournament like NCAAs, which is the pinnacle of attention for wrestling, and then you go to 
I think you called the gym you went to in Puerto Rico for the Olympic trials like a volleyball gym or something, like one mat for all three styles. Like, it's crazy. And I'm always curious, and, you know, that that attention transition from with wrestling, it's like you got to be willing, ready to go in front of 20,000 or a thousand like even the world championships are typically in front of maybe a couple thousand like what is it like dealing with such different energies from like huge gyms to small gyms like do you i'm sure you obviously appreciate the larger gyms more but how do you kind of deal with that the inconsistent inconsistent inconsistencies um of the different attention levels you got to kind of get up for these matches that uh you wouldn't like there's not a lot of people that you got to get up for them you got to get excited for it even though there's not many people in that gym, there's still people to impress and show out for. So that's kind of my mentality has been as I sat out for these two weeks or two months, like I'm just excited to get on that mat every time. It doesn't matter if it's SIUE or if it's the national championship. So obviously wrestling in a bigger gym is cool. You get a lot of people, a lot of noise and it's mayhem. That stuff's fun. That's the stuff that you, you show out for. The lights are on, you're home, you know, but you kind of have to, you have to have the lights on when nobody's home, or, you know, right. so it's just, getting excited for anything like Northwestern doesn't have a lot of people show out. So kind of, we're kind of, we kind of see that side. Some matches we get some, a lot of fans, but some we don't. So it's okay. There's no harm there. It's just, you got to get up for every match. It doesn't matter who it is or what the crowd's like. But you got to be pumped for Minnesota here. I mean, we're going to have like 40,000 people at NCAAs oh, yeah. this year. How excited are you for that? It'd be awesome. Awesome. I just don't like the cold. I wish we would go somewhere cooler, but it's whatever. Dude, I was <laughs> just talking to someone about that. Like, here we keep going between St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Minnesota. Why can't we go to Miami for NCAAs? They got yeah. stadiums. They got arenas. Imagine how much trouble people will get in. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking with somebody else about the fact of with the Olympics and how that goes. I, I can't remember who it was. Maybe Lauren and I were talking about it because she's gone with Jordan and what some of these athletes get into in the Olympics, my gosh, it just, it sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. But I, I imagine yeah. NCAA is in a warm place. I think would be a fun time for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Feel real fun time. All right, man. Well, listen, sure. bef before I let you go, tell me, what do you think out of everything you have going on right now between the Olympics, trying to qualify the weight for Puerto Rico, the big tents and NCAAs, everything, what do you think you're excited for most right now? Um, NCAAs, man, you got to get that done. I am. I'm so excited to just be there, have a chance at redemption and, uh, just prove who I am, man. A lot of people doubt and, uh, I'm just excited to prove the doubters wrong. It's, it's, it's go time, man. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, I kind of said this one thing, like, man, I'm, I want to win big tens. I'm going to win nationals. I'm going to win the Olympics and now I'm going to retire. <laughs> really? <laughs> If I win nationals, I plan on winning nationals. I plan on winning the Olympics. It might be the last time you see me step on the mat. Wow. That's interesting. You don't think you'd want to defend any of that? I mean, listen, I get it. I'd, I'd probably be the same way. I'm just curious. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, <laughs> if you man, win it all, you've proved I, it. <laughs> I, I, I like talking a lot of big game. I guarantee they drag me back into that room. And I, I'd get motivated again and want to do it again. But that's just what it is right now, man. I, I got three goals, and I, I plan on going – balls to the wall for all three of them hard as hell and uh yeah i'm excited for everything there's just you can't overlook anything so 
man, Big Tens, Nationals, and Olympics, I don't think there's a better sequence of events for me. No, so, dude. Th- whether I'm you're... really excited for all of it. Whether you're a competitor or a fan of the sport, there is no greater pinnacle than every four years when it's that Big Tens, NCAA's, Olympics, like just that. Yeah. There's so much excitement. I don't even know if we're going to have the Olympics here. You know, everybody overseas seems to think it's being overhyped and everybody's getting back to work. So, okay, that's a good goal. It's a good thing. It, it looks like Apple stores and Starbucks are starting to reopen in China. So, if China's already kind of healed up from it, I'm sure anywhere else it is, like Italy or looking anywhere good, else. Then. Yeah, it, it, I think it's looking good. That's good. All right, sweet, man. Well, listen, after Big Ten NCAAs and the Olympics, you're going to come back on the show, and I guess we'll talk about your retirement or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> Probably lack thereof. I, I talk a big game, right? I just I want to win this stuff and uh, yeah, just, <laughs> just be like, hey, if I win, that's it. I'm following it. I love it, man. Well, listen, thank you for All making right. the time to come on the show, and, and I'll see you soon. I'll see you actually next week. Big Tens. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Sounds good, See man. you soon. And that is it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did enjoy it, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. There's so much more where that came from. If you're new around here, go back through the archives. There are so many Big Ten NCAA World Olympic champions, Olympic hopefuls, even great coaches who have been on the show. And by the way, if you're still listening to this, because I'm always curious when people tune out, send me a message at Bashmania. I'm going to send you, I'm going to pick somebody and send them a free shirt. All right. See ya. And the beat goes on.